This is Alex Addix from the Practical Defense Podcast. You're listening to Karate Cafe, where you'll find unbiased opinion on traditional martial arts. It's unscripted, too, as I'm certain you're going to find out and regret greatly. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul Wilson here with another episode of Karate Cafe. And one, Mwashi Gary off my uh, center line is my good friend, Dan Williams. <laughs> Dan, how are you? Good. I'm doing well, Paul. How are things going in your world? Uh, just ducky. The, the, the snows are melting. The, the, the pass is clear of the snows. Uh, spring has sprung you know, intermittently here in uh, Montreal. You got some snow the other day, right? Yeah, well, it was funny because that snow uh, just edged south of me. We didn't get much of it, but it is it is drizzly and rainy in Michigan today. Word, yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on here. It's like everything is so sodden, like the parks and everything. I want to go, uh, you know, work out in the park, but like everything is still like muddy and and there's still some piles of snow. And tried to snow the other day, so uh, it's a weird world over here. Um, but yeah, it's really kind of gross here. Yeah, yeah, and this weather report was brought to you by Karate Cafe. Uh, the so, but you know, as as spring springs, you know, like here, uh, people seem to be getting more active. So you know, hopefully the the, the training will uh, kick into place. Um, but uh, so uh, just a, some some admin notes for people. Um, so uh, you know, we didn't really we put an episode about in like March, right? And then. Uh, uh, we didn't really uh, do much anything for much of April for, due to various and sundry reasons, but we still had like 500 downloads, <laughs> so that was nice. And uh, I'm still seeing some some interesting traffic from around. But the um, we're also I managed to uh, get our our stuff straightened out, so we should be appearing on Google. Uh, I haven't checked the stats for Google, but I also nice. uh, put us on Spotify. So um, it's that's kind of nice. We uh, we have we have nine whole followers on Spotify. I'll, um, I'll tell you what I really love about Spotify for those who haven't who haven't gotten into Spotify is you can you can stream your podcasts. So just like your your music or the your audiobooks on Audible or something like that, you don't have to download the episode to your phone. Uh, and regardless of what device you're on, it keeps track of of where you're at, you know, your listening position. So you can go from, you know, listening to us in your car uh, and and you, you get into work and you open up your laptop and you pull up Spotify in your laptop and it remembers your position. So I'm I'm a big fan of Spotify. I, I, I really like it. Uh, and, um, you know, you can get all kinds of podcasts. They've and actually, if you do this, like some of the classic audiobooks and stuff, they don't just have music. They have uh, speeches. They have um talks from famous people it's it's a pretty cool platform so for those that aren't doing spotify it, it's a good deal that's my spotify spiel <laughs> the spiel <laughs> the spotify yeah that's right. uh, it's pretty cool i mean you know and so uh i you know had to jump through a couple of hoops um to get there but uh it, it i looked at it and and so uh we, we've had 194 listens since i put it on there we've got nine whole people uh, following us, uh, and there were a lot of people that were in um, uh, in Europe. Strangely enough, um, oh, it, yeah, international, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, well, actually, I'm just looking at the, the new spots now. 
uh, and the United States, the United States has now tipped over. Uh, but it was Germany, the UK, Australia, Iceland. Hey, Iceland, how's it going? <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and buongiorno to our, our one listener in Italy. Uh, wow. So um, that's that's kind of cool. But anyway, it, it's it's kind of neat that so we're we're, we're available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, <laughs> you know, so iTunes, the, the Google, uh, now Spotify. You know, we're, are we posting to YouTube? Uh, we are not posting YouTube. I'm thinking about doing that. Um, we were uh, Dan and I. For those of us who listen, there are a couple people that had commented in the past about they thought it would be cool to see us. Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, and see. So here's here's the thing that frustrates me about all the podcasters uh, is that you know I I I moved from Spotify to YouTube because I hate the commercials on YouTube and I was paying for YouTube rev anyway. And I'm using YouTube as my podcatcher because the the none of the other podcatchers are streaming other than Spotify, and we weren't on Spotify yet. So I wasn't using Spotify, so all my podcatching is done through YouTube, and I, I feel like I miss out on a lot of podcasts because of that. So huh. Yeah, there's a, yeah. a couple of um, podcasts that... Uh, I've caught, and then they're just on YouTube, so we might. But I, I guess the thread was people were saying like they'd be kind of cool because like when we talk, and you and I, you know, we, we we have the camera up a lot when we talk, and so we're gesturing and, and trying to right. trying to show something. That's kind of an added value. So yeah. uh, if if you guys, this is a good thing that you could give us some feedback on the Twitters, you know, at Karate Cafe or email us at Karate Cafe at Gmail dot com or on the Facebook. Uh, Page. And I know I do know that there are several podcasters that they just show a static image right. on YouTube yeah. and upload the audio and so, you know yeah and that would just be another another level of uh, um, spread the word yeah of, of editing that I, that I'd have to do but uh, oh, so, right. so I, I kind of see the value of having the camera up but sometimes you know I I don't look camera worthy so well uh, and you know we generally don't have you know it's it's it requires a lot of bandwidth. Yes, and there is that. Um, so you know, um, yeah, yeah and that's what it is. By the way, so if you guys are you know currently catching us on whatever you're catching us on, and you want to catch us on Spotify, we are there. Um, uh, the other uh, little piece of little housekeeping, yeah, well, not housekeeping, just kind of cool is uh, there's uh, a series on YouTube. Speaking of which, uh, ah. called uh, Masters of Okinawan Karate. What's that? She's called Sensei, Masters of Okinawan Karate. Uh, it's done by a guy named Chris Wilson, no relation, who, who lives in Okinawa. He's a photographer, and he did this whole photo series. If you're on the Facebooks, you probably saw it in any of the karate groups. Um, he did a lot of uh, photographs. He did some of our our uh, Grandmaster and uh, his son, who's the new Grandmaster, I guess. Um, and, cool. Uh, a very, so in Okinawa, because the, the deal is he, you know, these guys are really old, you know, and, and they're going to be yeah. passing. Some, so, but he's also doing a video series where he interviews these guys uh, and shoots stuff really well. Uh, the third one just dropped uh, two days ago, I think. And so I'm mm-hmm. kind of watching that and it's really fantastic. It's really well done. It's well shot. And uh, I think everyone should check it out. I'll post a, a link to it in the show. I'm trying to get uh, Chris on. Uh, I talked to him about it. He's not a karateka. He's, 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 he's lived in there for like years, you know, decades or whatever. And mm-hmm. has just never dab- really dabbled in, in karate while he's been there. So I think it's kind of funny. So I, I, I want to see if maybe I can get him on because, you know, we'd be talking about to someone who's not a martial artist about martial arts. Uh, yeah. And But it, I just think it's kind of an, an interesting project. Um, well, and I think it's interesting that, that we, we live in an age where the, the old debates of, 
you know, the master did it this way or the master did it that way. And, and, you know, uh, uh, my, my lineage is the true lineage and your lineage is not, uh, all that stuff is going to go away and we'll be able to say, you know, some of the, there are some very, very old videos of, um, uh, it man, for example, uh, in, in the Wing Chun lineage doing some of the, the first, I think it's the first three or first two forms, uh, and it's right there. So you, you, you can't really say this is the way he did it or that's the way he did it. I, I still think some people are going, well, this was the way he taught it publicly. And that's what he was willing to film for public consumption. And there's still a secret form. But th- that that door is 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 kind of closing at some point to go, hey, it's 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 well documented that this is the way this was the quote unquote proper way to do it. And, and your way is just some, some way that either you or your instructor made up from your imaginations <laughs> or right. you learned it once and you got it wrong and you never checked it. Yeah. So, uh, and this last episode is really good, uh, for me, for, uh, for the karate guys. Cause he touches on, he talks about Bushi Matsumura. He talks about Soken Sensei who's in my lineage and, uh, he, and, and happily he addresses a lot of stuff that I, that I teach that, that, you know, thoughts that I've had and things that I've been taught. And so it's just kind of good to hear it from, you know, a source, you know, of, of yeah. somebody. Who's Was there anything it. that surprised you? Not yet. No. Oh, well, the, uh, the, the kind of the only thing that surprised me in this episode uh, that, that I'm watching now was that, uh, you know, he, he, he did karate first uh, and then he was, or I guess he wanted to do karate, but he didn't really kind of get into it. And so he thought maybe he should do kabuto, which is weapons. And uh, he he did he I think he maybe he dabbled but then he went back he he studied in karate he did his whole thing, then he decided, hey you know I need to understand weapons so he went back and trained in kabuto, and he trained in that to a certain amount and so he said so he could understand. Interesting. And, and then he said you know I've forgotten all my kabuto kata. He, he says yeah I don't really do it anymore. <laughs> he says but I understand how it works, and so right. that's you know kind of a a a, a point where you know my close personal friend Ian Abernathy you know he talks about it. he doesn't really follow Kabuto because he doesn't see the the application of it and uh, right. I'm, I'm going to timestamp that and I'm going to send him the link so uh you know because that's what he's saying ah. is you know it really is helpful to understand how these weapons work and how right. a weapon can be employed um yes even though he doesn't really follow it anymore so uh anyway uh there's a but that, that's a great series so I want to see if maybe we can get them on and if not you guys should all watch it um uh, dustly. Uh, anyway, and then also, I guess also for the, the housekeeping thing and maybe touching upon that is, so uh, next month in uh, towards the end of May through June and, and part of July, I'm going to be traveling to uh, kind of eastern Quebec and uh, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. So I don't think we really have any listeners there. <laughs> but if you know <laughs> of anybody who's there, uh, and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of uh, uh, karate or uh, martial arts in general, Really, it's kind of gathered in spots, but uh, I'm going to be traveling. They, they so. probably mostly listen to podcasts about either moose or hockey. Yeah, you know, and then yeah, and, and poutine. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, how to make the best poutine? Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we'll be traveling along the water. I think going up to Gas Bay and, and and Bay of Fundy and whatnot. So if you're in that neck of the woods and you know you'd like to get together and train, maybe talk about some of the 
the stuff I talk about, about content applications and system, uh, you know, integration and holistic contextual training, blah, 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 blah. You know, let me know. I'd love to stop by and say hi. I'd love to stop by and see you and train. Uh, and um, so just let me know. Drop me an email at karatecafe.gmail.com or, or tweet us or whatever. Um, and so there's, there's all that. And that was a good waste of like, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, so, but the, the actual topic... That, that we're that we're talking about today is one that's been kind of rattling around in my head uh, recently. It's it's kind of always been there, but now it, 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 there's kind of a synthesis of it. And so this is more of a philosophical, uh, looking for maybe some devil's advocate uh, response from the listeners or from you, uh, and maybe even from me. Uh, and basically, the the, the, sub, the the sort of the subject line is is like you know, like what are we fighting for? And uh, kind of what I was thinking was I was, I was watching the videos of um, a lot of people who are now sort of in the sort of applied karate world or were more in a, um, I guess, you know, I don't want to say traditional because I kind of think that's the uh, takeaway, but, but traditional or more sport aligned um, systems. Uh, and now they've kind of discovered the, 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 the grappling part. You know, or the, 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 the operating in closer. You know, it's very much less about a fight. It's more about self-defense, uh, etc. And so I'm watching the videos of these guys that, that are doing good work. I mean, there's, there's good thoughts going on and, and there's stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of groundwork. And I'm, I'm seeing, like, you know, like the, the guys over at Karate uh, Culture, who I'm yep. karate, the guys at Karate Culture, who are awesome. We've had them on the show. They're, they're doing a lot of good work, but they're doing a lot of stuff on grappling. And, uh, and, and because I think they're, you know, they, like me, you know, yep. like many of us are researching the concepts, you know, it's like, you know, this is yeah. how the, all these concepts apply to what we do and, you know, kind of where it came from and, and that sort of thing. And, well, uh, but it, 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 but it kind of dovetails back to the sort of the main thrust was like, people are talking, I see a lot of grappling and stuff and people are going like, well, you know, you need to have a ground game. And I'm like, okay, yes, true. You know, you should be, you should have all ranges just in case. And they're like, right. you know, you need to, you know, and the, the question is, well, like, like, what if you get attacked by, you know, a guy with a knife? Or what do you get attacked by, you know, a, a grappler? You know, what if you get attacked by an MMA, MMA guy? And in my head, right. you know, me, my, my philosophy is I train for the cul-de-sac, right? Uh, right. So I'm going like, well, every jujitsu guy I've ever met, most of the MMA guys I've ever met, are pretty nice folks, yep. <laughs> and I've never seen them. And I was talking to a Brazilian I, I, right before we uh, came north. I was at a party, and I was talking to a guy who's been doing BJJ for for several years. And I kind of said, again, also a nice guy. And I said something about being attacked. He goes, "Like, yeah, I've never attacked anybody." You know, right? <laughs> this is, all right. this stuff is, is is all defense. You know, so so I would have. Well, to here's act- the irony, right? Is that uh, oftentimes when the 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 training uh, humbles you. And when you go through the intense training, that's not to say there aren't there aren't jerks uh, that are trained. But when when you go through that kind of training and you get humbled uh, time after time, uh, you you have a tendency to to not be a hothead and 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 not be one of these uh, move to violence kind of people and. Uh, worst case scenario, you're there's someone that is that is much more open to uh, a de-escalation, you know. And so the the funny thing is is that if if your if your training 
to fight trained people, then you're training for probably the the most dangerous but least likely scenario. <laughs> right. So, and, you know, and, 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 and that's one of the things that my close personal friend, Ian Abernathy, talks about. <laughs> he says, you know, uh, and, and, and the Okinawan Masters and stuff, it, it's, it's not for toe-to-toe fighting. It's not for, which is, you know, again, so that kind of goes back to the, you know, these guys that they're so used to being like linear. I'm three feet from a guy and our dukes are up. And we right. have to, you know, I have to We've get, squared off. Yes, I have to get past his hands and I have to, you know, apply power and hit him and, you know, or I have to counter something really strongly because he's coming at me. You know, it's, it's like that's not the scenario that karate was really designed for. Yeah. You know, even if you want to go back to like, you know, Tay, you know, the, the old Okinawan arts and stuff like that, they were, you know, military arts. And so in the military... You know, maybe in the Japanese culture, you know, there was a a military sort of like, you know, and I, I mean, I guess, and I guess there was because there used to be, you know, like in the Revolutionary War and stuff, like, you know, the, the, they would line up and walk towards each other and start shooting, you know, but from, <laughs> but from a defensive standpoint or from a, you know, a civilian standpoint, you know, that's not the way it works. You know, you were yeah. not, you know, the guy gives you your money and you're like, let's fight. So, yes. It, so again, the, the contextual was like, yes. Yeah, so, you know, the. Uh, my my good friend Brad back in um, in Austin, he said uh, his uh, children were taking jujitsu, and so he'd go. He studies a, a, a Korean martial art, and he would go to the, the BJJ class and watch him. And he was like, ah, ooh, you know, like. And then he rolled with him a couple times. He's like, man, these guys, you know, it's like I don't want to grapple a guy because the guy who was like training, leading the class, was like awesome, and he's like he he pulls like, uh, you know, like he drops his weight in really weird ways that I'm not really, yeah. you know, there's no way I can counter and da, 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 da. So it's like, well, then that's the guy I don't want to fight. So, right. you know, but, but or, my, you know, I, I always have thought that, um, kind of, if, if that's the example that the, the thing that is, is much easier and, and much quicker to learn is ground defense. I mean, uh, simply learning a, a good sprawl, uh, will will avoid you going to the ground. So I I think of um, you know I've been watching the UFC since the first one, and one of the the cycles that I have seen is you know first everything was on the ground. You know, Gracie came in and, and said I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm cleaning everybody's clocks, and then everybody said oh well we've got to learn a good ground game. Uh, then came the the brawlers and the brawlers kind of realized, Hey, if, if I've got a good striking game, uh, and I can force the grappler to stay standing, then I can win. And it's, it's, it's easier to learn ground defense than it is to learn a ground game in total. So now you just go, okay, so if 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 the art that I have been training in has is is primarily a striking art, uh, then and and you go oh gee you know I go to this jujitsu place and I get my clock cleaned every time. Well, that's because you're playing their game. And so if you can figure out a way to not play their game, the same way they're trying to figure out a way to not play yours, right? So they want to take it to the ground, and the, the they're not going to stand up with you going. 
boy, you know, this guy kicks my ass when I'm standing up. I better go take a striking art. They're going to go, I need to, I need to figure out how to avoid his strikes and get him to the ground because that's the game they're playing. So if the strikers play the opposite game, then you have a more level playing field. So, so I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a better tactic if you want more productive results faster of saying, I can learn ground defense, that ground defense will keep me standing and I am going to master my standing game. Right. And you say so you bring up a good point about how it, it all kind of comes around, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, there, there was, you know, I guess, you know, like a UFC one, two schools of thought standing mostly and punching. And then, yep. you know, a very small faction of like, no, I'm going to go to the ground. And, right. and then, so, yeah, so then it just kind of leveled out. Right. So like yeah. it, it all, well, and of, if you look at those guys in UFC one, when, when Gracie took him to the ground, they were they were lost they because they because it wasn't well known you know and 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 they were lost and they were overwhelmed and they they you it's they they were they were deers in the headlights of oh crap what do i do now uh well that got folded in to all to everyone's training uh and people went home with lessons from that and the lessons they took home was gee i gotta learn a ground game uh, well, the real lesson was, is I got to learn how to not play that game. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. yeah and, and so the, you know, the whole thing, like, yeah, it, so it came back. And so now it's all kind of level, right? Like they all, mm-hmm. like the MMA guys all, you know, kind of learn the same skill set, you know, and, uh, and, and so, so when you look at it, so then they're all evenly matched because within that context, there is a very good likelihood they're going to be punched. There's a very good likelihood they're going to get kicked. There's a very good right. likelihood they're going to catch an elbow. There's a very good likelihood that they're going to get swept. They're going to they're going to get taken down. They're going to get choked out. So within that context, you know, it it makes a, a huge amount of sense. You know, like okay, yeah. so that that's what we got. So, but within the, the the civilian context, it's like I'm probably not going to run into those guys. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah I'm not going to get attacked by someone who's taking the time to. To and, learn all that, enroll and train, and you know, and, and to to do all that, um, which I think is another good thing. Like as an instructor, you know, or as a senior, is you know, like the, another reason why I had to go train with with other schools, but also train with junior people because, or like when like when I kind of spar around with my son, like sometimes I don't know what he's going to do, <laughs> yeah, and and he's kind of getting into karate now and stuff like that, but like. You know, he's caught me with some shots that, like, I, I didn't expect. Because if you yeah. if you get familiar and comfortable in, in that sphere, then that's when bad things happen. Um, you know? And I don't know if I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before or not. But I uh, I was I was young, and I was a green belt in Hapkido, and I somebody new came into the dojo, and we were sparring, and we we sparred right off the bat. We didn't we didn't wait, and. Uh, it, the, it was a woman and we squared off and my instructor put, put me with her because a, a junior with a senior was always good. And she just started windmilling her arms and coming after me. And I was totally like, what, I don't know what to do because this isn't like, this isn't the one steps that we practiced, you know? And her arms a Dutch were just, martial arts she was using. Right, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And I had I had no idea what to do. Uh, and I remember that was that was very eye opening to me of going, oh, crap, this is really weird. Um, so, again, trained and untrained have a, a very different approach to fighting. And, and one of one of the statistics I heard, interestingly enough, that there's like 60 to 70 percent of of all starts, uh, all fights start with a right hand haymaker most people are right hand most people will start a fight with just a wild swing from the right side so that tells me that what 60 percent of your training should be defensed against a right-handed haymaker i don't know like it's an interesting thought though like i say it's 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 the it's the that is the other extreme example of probably the least dangerous but the most common so you, do you train for the least dangerous but most common or the most dangerous but least common? And I, I, I think it's important to, to train for a mixture of all of those things. Um, but I also, also think it's, it's good to be aware of what you're training for, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, it's uh, so that's, you know, kind of one of the things that, that directly ties in is like, you know, do, you know, do I spend a whole lot of time? Right, you know, I I, I was in a in a, a a forum talking with somebody, and I kind of made my my we were talking about cost training and you know training in all the ranges and blah blah blah, and I kind of said, mm-hmm. I kind of said, <clears throat> and it was it, you know again in a whole context thing. I was like, well, you know, everyone can't train everything all the time. That's right, and you can't uh, master every aspect of everything. And, and so a guy who was on the thread chimed in and says, I disagree. We said we cover everything every class. And but he was kind of an MMA. I, MMA. I guarantee you don't. Well, no, well, no. I, yeah, I, that was my first thought. But then I, you know, I clicked on the guy and I kind of swam through some of his posts. And and I think he was like an MMA guy. He comes from an MMA bent, right? Uh huh. And so it's a small. It's really, if you think about it, it's a, a smaller skill set. Like I was talking with one of my students about boxing, and he was saying like, you know, boxing is so much better for self defense. You know, in his mind now. Right. Right. And I said like, well, no. Because you're not defending yourself, you're fighting. You know, I said, you know, but punching, if you want to learn about punching, you want to go train with a boxing guy, you'll probably learn some really good punching. Well, so here's but, the thing. But just remember, I, you, yeah. within that context, is you're punching somebody with gloves, mostly, you know, and, and so, but that theory applies back. So whenever you're, you know, kind of in that world, so like for that guy, I was like, well, yeah, he probably can practice everything they do within their, you know, milieu, I guess. Mm-hmm. every class you know he said he's like you know we do 15 minutes of striking we do 15 minutes of like kicks we do 15 minutes of like you know groundwork we do 15, you know and i was like and i was like okay well yeah i guess so maybe you can so right for my, for here, my context here, 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 it was yeah. a curriculum of like a traditional school where you've got kata and you got all that other stuff which you know they don't right but here here's my thing is for example that i you know i watch a lot of boxing on tv and um i, I haven't taken boxing before but I think it's 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 rather it's somewhat common knowledge for boxers that like there's five different kinds of jabs. And so you can say, well, I'm training in every aspect of fighting. That's OK. That's fine. But if you're practicing jab punch, that's not every aspect of jabs and punches. So, so to me, there's, um, 
there's a thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect, and it, it's essentially saying that you you get to a point where you become overconfident. You get to a point of mastery of something where you start to become overconfident that you know every aspect about that thing. Um, and, and that's called be- being a green belt. Oh, bazing. <laughs> or, or a new showdown. You know, that's, right. that's my, 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 my mantra is the people who know most about martial arts or about karate, I guess, are green yes. belts and new showdowns. Yes. And teenagers, right. any yeah. teenager on any topic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that that's why I say, I guarantee you don't because it's, it's not like, um, and and I think there's this misconception of, you know, let's take boxing as I think is a good example is that if people, people think that a boxer goes into the gym and they train footwork, jab, punch, and then maybe some slips and, and, and stuff like that. Well, that is not even close. You know, there's, there's tactics, there's feints, there's, um, there's, there's, there's footwork in combination with your jabs and punches. Um, there's, uh, there's counters, there's, there's all kinds of super deep aspects of it where if you go, oh yeah, well, 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 we train in boxing. We, we train every aspect of every martial art. Well, you don't. Um, and Yes, maybe if you want to put stuff into those general categories, you do, but you you cannot say that the the depth of training that you get in in your class is the same depth of training that someone else gets with a, a dedicated focus on that particular thing. Well, just, and, and I think uh, yeah, and I think kind of the breakdown of of people who kind of people who <clears throat> think they have to train for every eventuality yeah are ones who kind of silo their 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 their, their training somewhat uh you know and that's one of my big bugaboos is you know and and and, and it, it's kind of interesting because I'm, I'm watching this episode three of this video and one of the things the guy was talking about was you know the the, the different applications for a move in a kata you know mm-hmm. it was a block it was a you know couple blocks in a strike it was a trap you know it was an unbalancing it was moving to a takedown it was you know it was it was like he was he showed like three or different different versions of whatever that was but you know so but it's the same concept you know your hands are moving Mm -hmm. the same way and so with the guys that i've been working with up here in montreal you know we were doing uh basics you know kihon and so we were just doing stuff off like a knife hand block a shuto uke and a a jodan uke a high block and like you know just showing the different you know, like applications of that same move. And then this, this Monday we were in class and I got the focus mitts out and I was like, okay, you know, this is the same move you're doing. You're doing a parry <clears throat> and a hammer fist, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're unbalancing it and then, and then, you know, making, making a nice circle and coming back for a, a, a jab or, or a strike. And we did that a couple of times. And I said, okay, now here's that same move but with a head manipulation. So now you're using it to manipulate the head and move it into like a guillotine or something. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's the concept, you know? And so when people go like, I need to learn this because that they, they should always be looking at 
what's the concept behind this and where is it in what I'm training you know, or, well, or, or what I'm doing. And if it's not there, it's not there. That's fine. Cause not like not everybody does everything contrary right. to what but, but that concept, I mean, like we always say, there's only so many, so many ways to move. Right. And so when, you know, when someone's coming into, you know, this, so we were doing uh, the move, whatever move we were doing. And I said like, look, see, that's like, it wasn't peanut and Shodan or whatever the cut that we were doing like 10 minutes before. Um, you know, and, and so constant reinforcement of the concept within, you know, different, you know, uh, different uh, scenarios. Yeah. Different scenarios and different paths. It was like, you don't need yeah. to learn, you know, like 60, like, uh, what was it? Like Hapkido or whatever they said, like they have 10,000, uh, <laughs> right. you know, uh, wrist locks, you know, or, or yeah. uh, techniques for against wrist. It was like, no, you have like maybe two that you do 10,000 different ways. Of those. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not it, that, that number sounds cool. But yes, really, that's the thing. and so then that kind of goes back to, you know, the, like the whole reality based self-defense guys and like Krav Maga and all these guys that basically strip away a lot of that stuff. But I also still think that they also still kind of silo themselves. Well, and I, I, I think that it, well, it's interesting that you mentioned the technique and using it in different ways. I, I think what happens is, is that you have, you have these layers, right? Because you, 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 you start with these, these concepts of what you feel like the, the outcome of the training should be. And we've been talking about, you know, uh, extremely dangerous, but low probability and not very dangerous, but high probability kind of thing. Uh, and each style and each instructor has to fundamentally lean in, in one direction or the other. I, I, I do think that if, if, if you try to be everything and cover every aspect, what you're doing is, is that you're, you're spreading your training so thin, um, that you become a jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, and I, I do think that there, there is that tipping point where, if, if, for example, you had 10,000 wrist locks to learn and they were, they were literally different muscle memory, right? Because what you do is you, you build this layer of concept and you go, okay, from, from this concept, what, what muscle memory do I need to drill and train so that I don't have to think about these moves? I just react and, and do them. Because now that my muscle memory has been established and I can apply that muscle memory in 10 different ways, then I can kind of go, go come back around to the theory and the concept and apply that muscle memory to the theory and concept. If, if you literally had 10,000 different wrist locks, you're, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be training in any one of those enough, in my opinion, to be able to establish the useful muscle memory that that causes you to react faster in one of those particular situations, so it's 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 a balance between going too broad and and going too narrow. I think, for example, if you just trained in boxing and you didn't do any ground defense and you didn't know that uh, you know the first time you got your your leg blasted from a leg kick. Um, then that's too narrow. Uh, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not challenging any boxers out there, <laughs> but I, I think <laughs> that's late. probably right. <laughs> oh no, here come the emails. Um, I think that's probably too narrow. 
if if you say my school trains in everything, here here's here's what happens with those guys is they see a cool clip on the internet and they go, oh, we need to do that next class. And they come in and they do that next class or they, they spin up some lesson plan based on something they saw on the internet. And then their students get pulled in that direction. And then, you, you know, six months later, they see something else and then their students get pulled in the other direction. And you can kind of do that if you have a real strong fundamental underpinning of what you're actually teaching. You can't do that if you're if if really you're having sort of a martial arts jazz session every time people come to <laughs> martial arts <laughs> you know? jazz session. That's yeah. awesome. And and you can have like you know if you've got a group of buddies that are in all into martial arts, all taking classes at different places, you can come together and say, Hey man, let's once every couple of weeks get together. And we do, we investigate how we each do different things. And you can have that martial arts jazz session using different instruments, you know, and then that becomes cool. But if you're trying to train people underneath you and for six months, you're doing boxing and for six months, you're doing groundwork and for six months, you're doing judo. And then for six months, you're doing Tai Chi you you're not laying that fundamental groundwork for kind of groundwork to misuse the term. Um, you're not laying that foundation for your students where they can feel solid in, in any one thing. You're just shifting from one thing to the next. And the other thing I've seen is people that, that do that kind of thing, they start to think to themselves, Oh crap, what am I actually teaching? Um, because if, for example, you got your third degree Taekwondo, I'm going to pick on Taekwondo. We love to pick on Taekwondo. We love Taekwondo, but we love to pick on them too. If you got your third degree black belt in Taekwondo, and now you're out in the world and you're teaching your students and all of a sudden what you're teaching your students is grappling. And then you go, boy, I really think grappling is an important part of what you need to teach martial arts students. Boy, I think boxing is 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 really got to be a fundamental part of what you teach. Well, now you're teaching Taekwondo, you're teaching uh, potentially Jiu-Jitsu groundwork, and, and and you're teaching. What the hell are you teaching your students? And and can you justifiably start saying, look, I am uh, I am qualified to teach those things. I am uh, a master in those arts that I can, you know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and, and yeah. You, well, that's one of know? the things that you know, because we kind of talked about martial evangelism in the uh, yeah, and back in the day was uh, people that like discover this 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 facet of something, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 kind of you know set fire to the woods a little bit and kind of you know disavow some stuff. And you know, in some cases, uh, there's uh, a guy I'm talking with now, off and on uh, on Facebook about stuff was like you know. He's talking about how, you know, karate, like, lost its way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but, dude, that was you, like, last year, you know. Up until last year, <laughs> that was you. You need to own that. You can't go, like, oh, all right. these people are stupid because you were that guy, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and you've got you've to gotta go, like, okay, you know. And so I, you know, fully admit that until, you know, Shodan, and even for a few years after Shodan, I really wasn't thinking about what was going on. I was kind of, you know, 
drinking the Kool-Aid and, uh-huh. and, and doing my stuff. <clears throat> what I have noticed, and you know, again, this this the, the people that don't email you can email me, is <laughs> that a lot of the people that are are you know discovering all these techniques that you know this forgotten stuff in karate, and I'm using quotes because yeah. you can't see me, air quotes, uh, <laughs> uh, is um, you know it's, it it wasn't forgotten. You know, like 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 Jesse Encamp, it does karate by Jesse. You know, a lot of times it's just mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. put the thing about the forgotten art of Kabuto. It's not forgotten, and he knows it's not forgotten. But right. it's good clickbait, right? So <clears throat> you know, all these guys are going like, "Oh, we forgot." It's, no, you haven't forgotten it. Somewhere along the way, and yeah. whatever it is you trained, they stopped doing it. They didn't emphasize yeah. it. They, you know, and, and it may and, have and become less popular. There, 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 there have been reasons why that, dis- but but it wasn't forgotten. And I've yeah. and and for for you know, change my mind, <laughs> you know. A lot of people, that have, most of the Okinawan systems that I know and that I encounter have, have always kind of done this stuff. To, yeah. to very, and some have forgotten it, some of the, you know. So uh, it, it's, it's, you know, when it left Okinawa, it was kind of where this stuff started attenuating. And, you know, that, that, that's my stance on that. But, you know, uh, I'm, uh, taking a look at, at what you do and going like, oh, that's how that applies to what, you know, I'm doing. And, 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 you know, you've, you've put, you know, like for instructors who, you know, were like, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth degrees. And you know, again, like some of Korean arts that we could mention, you know, and that have <laughs> like, like abandoned it. We've talked about this in the past and so like abandoned it and like switched to Krav Maga or, you know, yeah. Jiu Jitsu, because I think probably somewhere along the line for some of them, what they did failed them at a moment. And so they kind yeah. of said, like, none of this works. Why am I teaching this? I need to switch. I need to go train with this yeah. other stuff. Instead of going, like, that didn't work because that component wasn't there. I played their game, that sort of thing, and sort of, and sort of adding it in a contextual setting, you know. So, right. But to bring it back to the, 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 the start of the topic is, is, like, you know, how deep do you have to go because who are you fighting? You know, are you, right. are you fighting, you know a jujitsu guy, you know, and by fighting, I mean, are you defending yourself? Because, you know, we're not fighting, you know, every, everyone, you know, listening to this is not fighting someone like MMA guy is fighting someone in a, you know, sport context within a set of rules in a defined scenario, you know, and, and jujitsu guys are doing their jujitsu thing within defined scenarios. So, you know, that's what the joke well, said, and, what people say about like, you know, what happens when you hit a, a BJJ black belt, they become a brown belt. You know, what do you hit them when you hit them again? They become a, you know, a blue belt. It's because within the, you know, they, you know, 90% of the fights start at the ground. No, 100% of their fights start at the ground. So that's their context, you know, and, you know, it, if someone gets me to the ground, I'm toast, you know, someone who, but I'm, I'm not fighting that guy. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not fighting anyone. I might be defending myself from somebody, but they probably won't be somebody who is trained to, to any yeah. extent because that's all we all talk about for the most part. 99.9% yeah. of martial arts schools, except for the guys that are all, you know, boo, off the reservation somewhere, <laughs> are training for defense and for personal growth and blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not training to fight somebody, you know, at midnight all dressed in black. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny because that you say that my, one of my thoughts is, is that 
the the honest truth is that you are fighting the world, right? You you are you are you are fighting human existence, and the skills that allow you to do that are things like confidence and determination and setting goals and these are all the things that have nothing to do with punching and kicking and and throwing and grappling that you learn in your martial arts class and so i would say that that those aspects of the martial arts allow you to be a more successful person they allow you to be a a happier person living in the world and you, you know it, it's it's life that is going to hit you i think rocky says it life hits you harder than anybody in any ring and yeah. if 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 your training can make you more successful when life hits you then you're going to be much better off and i i would say that if it, it, it's it is unfortunate that many schools and instructors get get lost in this um we have to train you for the the attack in the alley we have to train you for squaring off with a guy uh we have to train you for the mma mma guy that's going to attack you uh at the bar um and they they really lose this focus on on look one of the things that we're training you to do is 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 how to take a punch from the world uh and that i think <laughs> that that not only has uh, an an almost uh inevitable probability but it's also the hardest punch you'll ever take in your life um so so those two things you know we talk about dangerous versus high probability that to me is the thing that's the most dangerous and the highest probability so if you can train yourself to overcome that then I I think that that should be the focus of your training more than anything else. Now, if you can have fun while doing that, and you can feel more confident about being out in the world that you can handle your that you can handle yourself when you're out in the world, then that's great. Um, if you lose that, in I have to be the best at the ground game. I have to be the best at uh, the hand game. I have to be best at the foot game. Uh, then un unless you're doing MMA professionally, I, I, th I think you might be losing the point of, of, of what it is you're doing in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, it's, but it's, I, I mean, I, I hesitate to say it's wasted training. Like, like when you, when you go too deep, but it's, <clears throat> it's absolutely figuring out you know what you can do it's actually kind of funny that you talk about rocky because i was you know we had an episode way back when you know are you mm -hmm. are you mickey or rocky and i was uh, talking, yeah. i was talking to one of my um guys that i'm working with here and uh i turned 50 recently and my um my shoulder is i think i've got my family has arthritis and so my shoulder i'm not going to say which one just in case i have to defend myself uh, right. but um 
really hurts. <laughs> and so <laughs> like when you, so like if you're doing like a shoulder crank or, you know, any, any arm thing, like I was doing pad yeah. work and the pad's getting hit and, and it really hurts, uh, you know, and in, in, in various positions and, and whatnot. So there's like, I'm kind of as an instructor going like, man, it's kind of hard for me to teach and do stuff because I physically can't do that anymore. So, yeah. but I've got to like, so I've got to adapt. I've got to figure out, you know, what I'm doing, you know, and, and, yeah. and how I'm doing it. And so probably an offshoot of that is, you know, understanding not only contextually what you're doing, but yeah. what you can do, you know, can you, yeah. um, you know, fight, can you, you know, go to the ground, can you do this, can you do that, right. you know, and, and, and adjust your training accordingly. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, uh, uh, to, to put context to what I'm talking about is you, you never know. There may be a day when you're sitting across the desk from a doctor and they say, uh, unfortunately, I have to tell you that you have stage three lung cancer. Boom. That's, that is life punching you in the face. And if, if, if there's some strength inside of you that you've gained from, from going to class that lets you say, you know, I am not going to let this thing defeat me. I am going to defeat this thing. Then, then that is the thing that you get from martial arts. That is the enemy that, that you will defeat. Um, so sometimes it's not about a person taking a swing. Uh, it, it is about you changing fundamentally who you are and how you approach the world. Uh, so, yeah, like I say, I, I think people getting lost in, in, in punch, kick, grapple, uh, um, maybe, maybe missing the point for a lot of the modern world. I don't, I don't know if, if that was true hundreds of years ago, but I think in, in the modern world that most people live in, uh, and again, you know, there's, there's always inner city outliers and things like that. But if, if you're training for the cul-de-sac, uh, if, if you're going to the, to the martial arts studio in the suburbs, uh, the, the probability that you will be attract, attacked by either a trained fighter or an untrained fighter, an untrained fighter, uh, you know, you, you, you can, you can train self-defense for an untrained fighter. Uh, and, and I don't think that takes too long or, you know, there are outliers and whatnot, but the, the value that you're getting from your training about being a strong person and, and, and that you can defeat challenges that you didn't think you could, though all of those things are just like that to me is, is, is the real goal that, that is mined uh, when, when, you, when you take martial arts. Wow. See, you know, yeah. when I threw this, this time, I said, you know, in the green room, Dan and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, I, I think this is kind of a philosophical debate and I don't know where it's going to go. And you out philosophical me because I was just thinking about, you know, yeah, and I didn't even, you know, it's funny. I, I, when you, when you mentioned this topic and I was like, yeah, we probably got some stuff to talk about. And I didn't, I didn't really think about that stuff and still, until we started talking about, Boy, you know, it's, I'm I'm a real goal kind of person, and and I think it's important to to set goals because if if you don't know where you're going, there's there's no way you're going to get there. And to me, if if your goal is I want to be confident when I walk the streets, then then you go okay. Well, what are you likely to meet on the streets? Well, you're it's 
you know, most likely you're going to get the drunk guy in the bar that's taking a swing at you. Okay, so I'm going to train for that so that I can feel confident about that and feel good about walking down the street. Or I was assaulted recently and I have fear when I leave my house now. I'd like to not be afraid when I leave my house. I think some training would help me with that. That's awesome. If you want a hobby that gets you exercise and uh, uh, you have a community of people that you can watch movies with and do all kinds of cool stuff, that's awesome too. But if, 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 you, if you don't know those goals, uh, then oftentimes you become dissatisfied in what you're doing because the thing that you were doing isn't what you really wanted. Uh, so I just think it's important to go where, where am I going and what am I doing? How do I get there? Uh, because otherwise you're, you are doing that. Oh, this, this other, this is a shiny new object. I'm going to go off to this shiny new object. And not that some of that wanderings isn't important, uh, and, and valuable, just like you do Kabuto training. And when you do Kabuto training, you, you take the theory of that and you come back and you fold that into what you already know training in your, your foundation. Um, you don't say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like a big Katimari Damasi ball, you don't go, I'm going to now attach that to what I know. And then I'm going to do some groundwork. I'm going to attach that to what I know. And I'm going to do some, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm going to attach that to what all of a sudden you've, you've got this giant bubble gum and duct tape thing that, that doesn't really even serve the original purpose of what you were trying to get done. I guess I felt like talking today. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's then. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a good, that, that took it way much more in a philosophical uh, way and then brought it back. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of shot. So uh, I think that's a good place to leave that topic because, you know, there you go. It, it and, is... and I hope that people, you know, on, on the Facebooks uh, have, have some other opinions and some feedback. Like we've always said, uh, this is, this is where the conversation starts and, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly interested. There's, I was thinking about podcasting the other day and there's a weird bit of narcissism, uh, that, that you need to have when you sit down in front of a microphone and say, well, all, all these other people should for, for whatever bizarre reason hear what I have to say. Uh, and I, I think that most of most of my thoughts and most of our topics and the things that we like to talk about, a lot of that comes from, you know, Facebook and email and stuff. The conversations that we have uh, with our listeners, I just I think it's a dialogue, uh, not just between the two of us, but between the community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It, it should not be. And speaking of uh, Facebook, social media and people not just listening to us. Uh, we were talking in the green room about the new season of Cobra Kai has, uh, Ooh, yeah. has dropped on, on YouTube. And uh, again, I'm asking you, the listener, uh, to uh, retweet. I, I've asked the, 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 the guys on, on Twitter on the Cobra Kai account, like, and uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, William Zadka, uh, hey, can we get somebody, and Martin Cove even, uh, because spoiler alert, if you guys didn't notice, didn't catch it the last episode, Crease is back on there. And, and oh, God, if someone is listening, can we get Terry Silver on there? I want to see some more Quicksilver Muppet. But, um, 
I don't want to get him on the show so bad because he is actually a martial artist, everybody. Right. Uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, anyway, but I've 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 shouted into into the wind. You know, I've, de- I've direct messaged him. I've emailed him. Uh, a listener uh, pinged me with like I think it was like a rep for Ralph Macchio, and I messaged them and, and nothing. You know. Well, so, I got to think uh, to myself, you know, an hour of of their time. Um, and it would, it would have to be fun to just be like, look, we don't, we don't, I mean, the show is cool and all, but we just want to hang out and talk martial arts, you know? Right. And well, but I mean, my point was, and, and that I keep reiterating with them when I message them is, you know, not a, Karate Cafe is arguably the oldest martial art podcast, but many, many, many people who listen to us around the world got into karate and martial arts in general oh, yeah. because of Karate Kid, Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? And we had, uh, you know, Roy Kamen on a, a, a few episodes ago, and he's the brother of Mark Kamen, the guy who wrote the original Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he no longer likes to talk about Karate Kid. So, um, you know, so you know, th- th- this is a component of, of, of many of our backgrounds uh, yeah. and, and what got us into it. Uh, and so, anyway, so when this episode drops, I'm going to tag them in it, and I want everyone to please... <laughs> Retweet, retweet it, uh, message it, you know, Instagram it, do whatever the kids are doing these days, periscoping, I don't know, influencing. Oh. I want to be a martial arts influencer. Yes, and, we need. And, that's what we need is we need a martial arts influencer. Yes. To retweet. And, and, and so anyway, uh, try and get those guys to, uh, you know, come chat with us because, you know, yeah. again, you know, a, a seminal part of many of our backgrounds. Get Ian to, you should, you should directly uh, message Ian to, to retweet it. Yeah. And well, Jesse too, for that matter. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, close personal friend. I, I've been trying to get Jesse on and <laughs> we've, we've talked a few times about getting on, but we just can't, the, the time zone thing is kind of weird. So, yeah. um, but uh, we need to try and get him on too. Uh, but anyway, so, so, uh, after this right now, after you've listened to this, go retweet it. Um, do it, do it, do it now. Uh, Dan, as always a great pleasure talking to you. You too, Paul. And we will talk to you all again very soon.